The Terrible Warriors is made possible because of listeners who support us through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Patreon supporters gain access to exclusive episodes, private games, and postcards sent in the mail. Find out more about the future of the Terrible Warriors, check out our Patreon page, and follow us at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Today on the Terrible Warriors, we return to meeting the makers, designers, and community leaders in the tabletop world. And back at BreakoutCon 2019, while walking the hallways and talking to so many amazing people, there was one thing I kept hearing over and over again. Have you talked to Banana Chan yet? I didn't know who Banana Chan was yet. Once I found them, I was glad I did. They've written for the 7th Sea. They've created the Kids on Bikes mod, Dads on Mowers. And they're the owner and co-founder of Game into Curry. So you should do what I just did. Follow them at Banana Chan Games on Twitter. For now, let's descend back down in those hallways of Breakout Con. Because once I met Banana Chan, I only had one question to ask. Tell me about yourself. So my name is Banana Chan. I am an, I'm the owner of Game and Curry Games. Uh, we publish board games. We just published the uh, Judge Dread Block War game, which is a two-player head-to-head combat card game. Outside of the business, I write a lot of tabletop role-playing games. I write LARPs as well. Uh, some of the tabletop role-playing games that I've written for include 7C, Kitai, Kids on Bikes. I've written a module for that called Dads on Mowers. I've <laughs> And I've also written a bit for uh, North Sea Epilogues. I've been asking this as a few of the people I've been talking to this weekend on, on what got you into tabletop in the first place. When did you first get bit? So I've played uh, D&D. Like, who hasn't? All right. I mean, okay. A lot of people haven't. But um, so when I first started playing D&D, I didn't really get hooked into role-playing games. I, I feel like I just, I just played it. It was like an activity. It was fun. Yeah, we role-played a little bit, but it was mostly combat-based. Uh, it wasn't until I played Monster Hearts for the first time uh-huh. by Avery Elder, and that was just, like, mind-blown. Like, everything changed for me. And then after that, I was hooked on, like, all these different indie RPGs. I just, like, kept playing indie RPGs. I got into LARPs, uh, freeform LARPs, and that sort of set me off onto role-playing games. That's fascinating. That that was a similar arc for me I when we started the Terrible Warrior podcast, it was a lot of Pathfinder, Pendragon, Shadowrun. And uh, and then I joined in and I was like, well, let's play Paranoia and get some like off-kilter games going. And and I found, a, I heard about Monster Hearts and we gave it a try and we played it for the first time on the show. And then that was it. Like I was, I was in. And, uh, and, and we, the Powered by Apocalypse games that like get under your skin. It was the first game where we actually had a player the story got so much under his skin, he um, stormed out of the room and oh, wow. uh, brought us back in. And, you know, we had to break things down and, like, recollect ourselves. Uh, this was before we knew about things like X cards and checking in <laughs> with players. And we may have lost the safety in the scene when that happened, but we brought it all back together. But it was um, it was also nothing we'd ever encountered before in, in, in more traditional role-playing games, that that was even something that was possible when we were playing. So it's fascinating to hear that it was, it was the same game for you that also was like this turning point that was like, oh, there's this other possibilities that are out there. Um, so then has that been like what you've been attracted to as a writer as well for those, those worlds and experiences? 
Yeah. And I think that it's also about um, the content that's created, right? A lot of it is uh, like when you play D&D or you play like any other game um, that's a traditional, quote unquote, traditional role playing game. The content usually is catered to like, you know, high fantasy or even if it's like a cyberpunk setting, it's very... uh, it's it's very structured in a way that it plays it like a video game. Yeah, you, you have a yeah, mission. Yeah. You have yeah. uh, you targets. You have conditions right. that need to be checked off. But it's it's very much go here and take out so many bad guys. Exactly. Yeah. Get, get the money and come yeah. back. <laughs> it's very linear. It doesn't provide a lot of room for uh, character development, character growth, and also I've always enjoyed just like games that have that have content that I'm just, like, really interested in. Like, for example, Monster Hearts, it's, you know, it's Buffy. I love yeah. Buffy. I've yeah. always loved Buffy. It's so. messy melodrama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, who who wouldn't love that? <laughs> and it's funny, because for some that were playing Monster Hearts with, it was Buffy. And for others, it was... Um, uh, it was just other, like, maybe uh, the Vampire Chronicles or, or, or other, other, other different books that are out there, or, or, or even if you want to get into, like, Twilight and Vampire Diaries. It just, you just kind of hone in on on that that thing that resonates with you and it all meshes together into your um you know messy teenage life in school (laughs) yeah and i feel like vampire i feel like that was like close to the verge of that like it was very very close but it didn't hit the right notes for me like once i played like monster hearts once i played like you know all these other indie tabletop role-playing games i was like okay these are hitting exactly the right notes i want to keep doing this so then you did. How has that been writing for for these? Uh, I mean, how do, how does that happen? <laughs> like it's it's such a curiosity <laughs> to me to to meet all these people who who you know started as as playing these games and now are writing these games. Yeah. And what has that been like go, going through to to where we are today? I think for me, it just felt accessible. Like when you start playing these games, you start surrounding yourself with like other designers. It suddenly feels like something that you could do. You could put yourself into a game and write for this and suddenly like other people are experiencing what you're experiencing. And I feel like it's it's putting yourself out there like any sort of art. Um it's just creating what you think that other people would like, other people would enjoy, but also something that you would enjoy. So how do you approach when you're when you're writing for Katai or you're writing Dads on Mowers? And um, it's it's different from just writing short stories or writing novels because uh, yeah. you're writing um, a sandbox that people are going to end up right. potentially going in and kicking everything over. <laughs> um, what are some of the directions you go in, or what are some of the goals you have in mind when you when you when you are writing these games, knowing that it's 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 interactive? Like it's right. it's, it's a it sounds like an interesting writing challenge. Yeah. I, I think with like role playing games is a little more interesting because interpretation is always different, right? Um, with Dads on Mowers, uh, actually, this is a pretty funny story and kind of a tangent. But uh, with Dads on Mowers, uh, when Doug and John asked me to write for uh, for Kids on Bikes, I kind of wanted to troll them, so I was like, "I'm going to write Dads on Mowers." And this was like during a time when I was very into Dream Daddy, uh, the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, dating the dating sim. Yeah, I loved that game. Um, so I wrote Dads on Mowers thinking, I'm going to make the best uh, best mod out of this game. And it's going to be like the most weird thing that you've ever played. Um, so that was like my intention going going into this. So, yes, my intention was to troll Do- uh, Doug and John. How far can I go before they say, no, no, we're done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's like my relationship with them like all the time. Like there have been instances where they're like, can you write this thing for me? And I was like, OK. Yeah, you commit to the goof. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I would use like Ikea names for characters. I think that's like, it, it's really important to know like what your intention is before going into a project. Like what do you want out of this for yourself? And if it's to, you know, if it's to mess around with like, you know, other, <laughs> other creators, then that's great. Um, but also uh, taking the time to understand that other people are going to play this. They're going to, uh, other people are going to uh, interpret it differently. And that's okay. You know, you put this out into the world. Other people can change it however they want. Yeah, kids on bikes and dads on mowers is, is its own sort of thing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a smaller scope of a game. It, it changes every time you play it with different players. 7C, on the other hand, is, is a fully realized, like, universe. Yes. Right? There is so much history if you want to play in that in that place, it's, it's less of a sandbox and more of like a labyrinth. Um, yes. uh, how is it like approaching? What what, are the, what were the challenges going to a much bigger project like that and writing? And what, uh, how much was it? Was it lore? Was it was it also like a module and missions or or what? What did you write when you were doing the, the Katai content? So- for Katai, I specifically wrote uh, the chapter for Shenzhou, so it was the the setting. Um, I think the challenges for me were mostly interpreting uh, history that has actually happened and changing that into a fantasy setting. Um, As one of our players will mention, it's it's uh, it's taking like the 16th century and filing off all the serial numbers. Exactly. It's like yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's. Um, at times was a little gratuitous, but it was great. I mean, it was really interesting to learn about, you know, uh, Chinese history. So Shenzhou is like the, um, the fantasy setting for China. And I feel like it fit really well because Hong Kong had this whole history with pirates. Um, that was like the most interesting part to me. Um, and of course, writing the rest of, Chi- uh, rest of Shenzhou was just like, I have to fill all this other stuff in. There's so much lore. There's so much mythology. Like, what am I going to choose for this thing? And it got difficult at times because it's just like, what do I put in? There's so much. There's so yeah, much. I mean, in terms of like, if you think of where Thea is, these seven or eight or nine different nations, I mean, Shenzhou is just the same way. It's yeah. not just one homogenous blot on the map, right? right? Yeah. It, 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 and, and you're just writing for all of this complexity. Right. It's ridiculous. Like, it's, it's hard to fit so much into just like a few words. But you pick and choose. <laughs> Tell me about your weekend at, at Breakout. What have you been talking about? What have been some of the interesting discussions you've had? Uh, so I ran a game. Uh, I ran Dads of Mowers. I ran my LARP. Uh, I'm writing a series of experimental LARPs based on the 50 states in the U.S. So there's a state. There's a game for each state. And Tell me about this game, too. Okay, so this is actually a pet project. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, 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 not ready for publication. It is very not ready for publication. Um, so the last we, we, one, we, we can move. We, I don't have to, I don't have to dig it if you don't want to. No, no, absolutely. Um, so the last one I just wrote was welcome to New Jersey. I've been working on this for like a year on and off. Um, and it's about being trapped in a car with, uh, friends slash strangers and you're going to a game design, uh, game design convention or whatever. Well, that sounds like a completely something you couldn't relate to at all. Right, exactly. And you're stuck on the road. You're stuck in Jersey, which is like the worst place to be stuck in. Um, I don't know if you've ever driven through Jersey. I, I have. Uh, it was a year of MAGFest. I was, we, we thought we would um, be smart and we were going to go to Brooklyn the night before and have the night in Brooklyn and then, and then have a much shorter trip the next day. Uh, do you remember two years ago this Bombo Cyclone 
that landed on New York and it was yes. like this super winter storm. Yes. So that's what I drove through for the entire day to get to Maryland. <laughs> and so we almost we almost died. It was not a smart idea. And so not only were we stuck in traffic in New Jersey driving through that, but also you couldn't see three feet in front of the car and the whole windshield was covered in ice. We had to stop every 20 miles oh, no. to crack the wind, the ice off of the windshield wipers because the windshield wipers were inoperable because the ice and rain were glomming on the back of the car. You could actually see. The, the icicles were horizontal, coming off of the back of the car the way the wind was blowing and freezing. It was, uh, it was apocalyptic. <laughs> it was like we had we had been dropped on Pluto or something, and we were dealing with the uh, weather of another planet. And <laughs> we were the only car. Everyone else was trucks. We were like, no one else was trying to do this. And I was, we're going to Magfest. We're not missing this stupid. <laughs> it was oh not. It was. It is a good story now, but. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> I would not recommend. Yeah. Jersey. So, so that was my experience driving through Jersey. <laughs> That's a lot of people's experience driving through Jersey. Um, it's an apocalyptic nightmare. It is. It really is because also the Turnpike. It's a maze. You can't get off of it. It's like ridiculous. Um, and also, if you go near the airport, it's it's like never ending. You just like keep going through the airport over and over again. Like there's no way to get out. So that's basically what the game so is. That's the game. is yeah. trapped in a car on the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. And you can never escape. Yeah. And things get more and more surreal. It's like apocalyptic. It's a little hellish at times. Um, so that's, Yeah. The war yeah. boys come flying by. And... Yeah. And you have a soundtrack on loop. So you have three very bad karaoke songs <laughs> that are just playing on loop. <laughs> and being a LARP, you are actually playing these songs on loop as you're playing it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked my players to choose three songs beforehand. And then they would just like. <laughs> and they pick the songs that most personally attack the other players in the room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love it when people are like, hey, let's play Bon Jovi on loop or let's play Aerosmith on loop. And that's, that's yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm into this. I think we want to play this. It's pretty awesome. I'll send you a link once I'm done with it. <laughs> so how has that been uh, testing that game here at Breakout? How's that? Uh, how have the feelings been playing this game? It was great. Uh, so it's like the billionth time I've played this. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Uh, but it's nice to see like other players, like new players, uh, play it and you know see how they are experiencing it. I think it's you know it's nice to always see like players experiencing things for the first time. They're, it's not like a, a typical LARP uh, where you think like Fireball or whatever. Yeah, no, it sounds more like uh, like an improv experiment. Yeah, it's a it's a freeform LARP. So uh, when I got into LARPs, uh, it was all freeform. I was very into freeform. I was very into like uh, emotionally invested LARPs. Um, in New York, we have this thing called LARP Loft. It's sort of uh, like Jason Morningstar's play on LARP Shack. So we have our LARP Loft. Uh, Liz Gorinsky runs it. Uh, she's the person who like just basically. Um, organizes it everyone gets together we play free from larps we play like all these like very emotionally intense games it's amazing i love it <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a whole nother podcast episode oh yeah sorry that's yeah. totally yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally <laughs> go thing. back next yeah. week for the sequel um <laughs> thinking of uh, playing these games and playtesting these games, you have this experience of being able to see the same game played over and over and over again, all these different permutations. Uh, has Have you ever been really surprised with some of the outcomes or the solutions or, or, or the interpretations when, when you see um, your games being played 
on on a repeat, but it's like a different it's a different universe every time they play it. Uh, is anything kind of mind of, of like a really like oh I never considered that even as I was writing this, and here you are really thinking out of the box. Yeah, uh, so I think like GMs sometimes have this instinct where they think like I have to be several steps ahead of my players, which isn't necessarily true, or at least I don't think it is. I think that you know being malleable, being like okay with changes in the game is fine because you know this is a collaborative thing you're building together. It's not like the GM runs the entire world, though they kind of do, <laughs> but they're just mostly there to facilitate, right? I think um, when I was running Welcome to New Jersey, there have always been instances where players, though restrictions make players more creative, they also make for weirder things to happen. So there have been instances where... It's out of a desperation. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I need to do something right now. Um, so people like would try to switch seats in the car. People would try to like um, overthrow the driver. And I really enjoy that. I just really enjoy it when, like, people try different things. A, a carpool coup d'etat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> we, we have had a vote. You are no longer the driver. You yeah. will relinquish your position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll go to the boot of the car. Yeah, exactly. It's the best. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, I know you've got to get going to to run okay. uh, a game that you're, you're, you're playtesting this morning. Um, is there anything else that I don't know about that you would like to share with me before we, before we part ways? Hmm. Oh, uh, there is one thing. So I am working on a, uh, a tabletop role-playing game with Sen Fun Lim. Um, we have not decided on a name yet. We keep going back and forth on it, but it's all written out except for the title. Uh, basically, it is a, a tabletop role-playing game. It's horror slash comedy slash dark comedy, uh, where it's a f- you're playing a family running a Chinese restaurant in the 1920s, and during the day, you're faced with like racism and you know cops trying to uh, trying to kick you out of the country, and then at nighttime it's uh, Jiangxi trying to kill everyone. <laughs> so it's a very stressful and funny game that we're working on. It's just there's no time to rest. There is no time to rest <laughs> because if you're running a restaurant, when do you have time yeah. to rest? <laughs> yeah, you're just always putting out fires and yeah. sometimes putting out actual fires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, where can we find you if we want to keep following up on, on what you're doing? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am banana underscore chan underscore vid. Or you can find my business account, uh, which is game and a curry on Twitter. Banana Chan, thank you so much for the time you spent with me this morning. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> The Terrible Warriors have new episodes every week. And next week, we continue our Meet the Maker series with another incredible mind in the tabletop industry and community. And special thanks to Breakout Con for giving us access to their convention to meet all of their amazing guests to record these interviews. Find out more about Breakout Con by clicking the show notes. All the links are down in there for you to find. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors for updates on the show. There are changes coming in 2020, and you're going to want to know what's going on so you don't freak out when the feed changes a little bit. And of course, we would love to have you join in our Discord channel. Our fellow Terrible Warriors and listeners already are running a lot of private games on that channel, and if you've got that game that you can never find players to join you in, well, why don't you introduce yourself? We'd love to have you. And of course, The Terrible Warriors is made possible thanks to our supporters. 
If you like this show and you'd like to get the word out, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple, Stitcher, wherever it is you're listening to the show. And we've got new plans for 2020. We're taking this show in very cool directions. And to do that, we do need your help. Consider supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. You can join other Terrible Warriors like Jennifer McMiler, Matthew Baumgartner, Michael Rudsky, Sakori Montanon, Damon Jordan, and Moritz Kohler, along with many others. Become a Terrible Warrior today and help support this show. Reach out. Finding new games, new players, new ways to tell our stories. For now, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for opening your doors, your minds, and your hearts to new stories, new ways of enjoying this hobby. Thank you for becoming a Terrible Warrior. <laughs>